listening to the PR Wind Down Podcast, the show for public relations professionals who are ready to see real change in the PR industry. We are your hosts, April White and Laura Schooler. Let's get ready to wind down. Happy Halloween from the PR Wind Down team. You're in for a real treat because we're sharing the tricks of the trade in a special way this week. (laughs) So pour yourself a brew and get ready for the scariest stories in media this October. This week, we pulled together our scariest anonymous submissions for some back-to-back horror story fun. So horror story number one. This is a horror story that was scary for me, but not because of the client. I was working at a new job And the first time I ever reviewed a press release there, I was giving the final draft to once over. The announcement was for a new product launch and included information about where to access a demo. I was stretched pretty thin, but everything looked great to me. So I sent it to the PR Newswire for publication. When I received the confirmation call for the release, the review team noticed that the copywriter had written demon instead of demos. Throughout the entire draft, it almost went over the wire that way. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God, this is so perfect for Halloween. It was an early lesson for me in careful proofreading and definitely a scary moment in my career. Imagine having a client see the word demon throughout their press release. (laughs) You know what I think? I think that Satan was at work. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I mean, in the copywriter, they were, they, maybe they had been possessed and they were, and they just couldn't the help themselves. The devil. How would That's you have so demons throughout? Unless you did a find and replace all and suddenly, and you typed it in incorrectly. I mean, I, that's, that's hard to miss a thousand times. That's or, crazy. Or however many times, at least five, I'm guessing. That yeah. is crazy. Wow. That's crazy. That's a good one. How appropriate for Halloween. I know. Well, thank God for PR Newswire actually catching that. Right. Oh. I have seen many typos that are like that, and it, nobody sees them, and the spell check doesn't catch them because they're, in fact, spelled correctly. It's just the, entirely the wrong word, but it's close to the word that it was supposed to be. Right. So that's what I have to say about that. So that is a good re- reason to use PR Newswire when you're putting out big news because they do catch everything when they have people who like do it for a living. Right. Yeah. And also proofreader. Well, right. And, and to always proof, 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 proof. And get, even if you think you've done it already. But like I'm saying a lot of times when you've, you're the one who's written it or you've already read read it and the words not spelled incorrectly, it's just the wrong word. It's so hard to catch sometimes. It's It's not an excuse, but it, it happens a lot. You know, something I found as I've gotten a little bit older and done a lot of writing is that if you do everything really carefully at the beginning, rather than rushing the first draft, mm. you're also less likely to make these kind of errors. Right. So you it notice- does like, like the wrong thing doesn't get passed around from version to version to version because it didn't even exist from the get go. Right. Good, good advice. So there you go. So that, I guess that's my tip. Okay. Yep. So Laura, do you want to read number two? All right. Here is our second Halloween scary anonymous horror Ooh. story. One of my past clients had to travel constantly. He was always jumping between time zones, rescheduling calls and pushing back deadlines. Because of this, 
Among other scheduling issues, our calls were often held late in the evening. Oh boy. During one late meeting, the client informed me that he was enjoying his second or third glass of wine. At oh, the time. God. I pressed on with the call, determined to get through our lengthy list of items on the docket. Next thing I know, the client is snoring <laughs> on the phone. He'd fallen asleep in the middle of our call. I didn't know quite what to do, so I politely hung up and let him catch up on his. <laughs> That's funny. That's amazing. Just passed out. <laughs> what would you do? I mean, I guess you're right. Your only other option is to start hollering to wake him up. Oh my God. So embarrassing. Yeah. I guess you would hang up. And then, but I just wonder what happened like the next day or something. Like, well, right. Cause then like, how do you, right. Did we finish? Hi. Yeah, we finished. Well, and then, and also, then he'd have to pretend like he heard it. Cause he'd be like embarrassed otherwise, probably. Well, if you're the person that he fell asleep on, then the next day you have to say, Hey, do you want to finish our call from last night? I saw <laughs> you. I saw you sleeping. Oh my god! Like it's kind of it's just kind of creepy all around. At least it it sounds like it was just on the phone, not like a video call. Imagine. Oh my that's god! A, that's a good point. Wait, so is he snoring? Yes, that's what it says. Oh, yeah, snor snoring. snoring on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> I've never had that happen to me. That's incredible. Yeah. Well, see, that's what happens. Like the, you know, burning the midnight oil. I had a client, well, it was actually an in-house, you know, client who I worked for the company with them who, and it wasn't just me, it was everybody would like schedule calls on weekends because that's when we all had more free time to like talk about. It was like, what? Like Saturday morning. Yes. We're having a call for an hour about a work thing. Like nothing. And it wasn't like some emergency thing that, oh my God, like the company's going to fail if we don't do this. It was like, right. I didn't have time this week. So you got to talk to me tomorrow at 11 in the morning on a Saturday for an hour. Oh. So bad. That's, that's one of the reasons why when you work full time for a big company, you're kind of owned by them. Yeah. But when you're a consultant, you say either no or okay. And then you're billing for your time. Right. So you ain't doing it for free. Right. And maybe on the weekend you say, well, I own my weekend hourly is double. That'd be nice. You could say whatever you want, I guess, if you're consulting. Good point. Very good point. All right. You want to go to number three? Yeah. Halloween horror story number three. One of the agencies I worked at always paid employees late. The CEO was using company funds to fund her lavish lifestyle, all in her head, of course, including Botox and fillers. What are fillers? Life Botox kind of stuff. Oh, okay. Yeah. I used to dread going to new business meetings with the CEO because she would flaunt her leased BMW, Valentino purse, Burberry sunglasses, and Hermes bracelets. Oh, how the hell is she able to afford this when she wasn't paying her employees? That's how. Yeah, exactly. At the time, I was the highest level employee, so it was always a challenge with junior staff. One time, myself and another colleague gave an intern $100 just so the intern could buy groceries for the weekend. Oh my, oh god. my god. To hold him over until our CEO paid us. That's so awful. One time, I went to the dentist and my dental assistant said that my benefits were canceled 
because the CEO didn't pay our health plan. <gasps> so I had to pay an out-of-pocket fee. This was so embarrassing because the dentist is the same one my entire family uses too. Oh! The worst situation we were in was six delayed paychecks. Six delayed paychecks? Wow. It was rough. It got so bad that I voluntarily resigned. I gave the CEO some time to get things together and to pay everything they owed me, but it didn't happen. Oh, oh my God. God. Five months later, I took them to court and of course I won. Vindication at its best with like 10 exclamation points. <laughs> it's sad because at her best, she's brilliant. She actually launched household products that we use today and took many startups to IPOs. I'm speechless. I think that's our worst horror story so far. Yeah, that's a thousand percent unacceptable. On every level. Paycheck and health insurance fail, and she's driving a BMW and with her brand. What I can't, I can't. There's I, I can't even make my jaw go back to normal. Well, I had a situation at a job where I was a consultant, so I wasn't getting paid like on the full time people's schedule, you know, what, like usually companies you get paid twice a month. I was on a different schedule and the first, my first paycheck, the day it was supposed to come, it didn't come. I immediately, I don't like mess with that. I hit the roof. They fixed it. They had the check FedEx to my home instead of direct deposited, like it was supposed to be. They had my check FedEx to my home. So I got it the next day on Saturday, the next week or the next time I was supposed to get paid didn't happen again didn't get paid for the second time. I would literally, I like see, I like seize up with stuff like that. I can't, if a company does anything, they should be paying their workers on time. I don't care, full-time, part-time, whatever. So for the second time, they had to FedEx me the check at home so that I got paid on time. Now they did it. Finally, the third time after I went back again, I was like, oh my God, you guys, this isn't up to me. Finally, the third time I got paid on time, direct deposit, but it took three times to get paid on time the right way. Not as bad as this story, but I've been there and I just, I have not a two seconds tolerance for it. So if There's, I was this person, I, I hope they got more money than they were owed for pain and suffering or something. I don't know, because you, you deserve like extra money if you have to endure that, especially if you don't get health insurance. They better have paid the dentist that they had to pay out of pocket. I, oh my God, I would have had a field day with that one. <laughs> as you can you see, this is like- fit. Yeah. <laughs> the horror story part of that is that I would have, I would have been like, my head would have been spinning around with like green barf, like. <laughs> I thought you were going to say you would have murdered someone. <laughs> oh boy. All right. Let's, okay. hear, let's hear Halloween horror story number four. Number four. I once worked at a small agency office and my marketing department consisted of five team members. My supervisor on that team happened to be the CEO's wife and often would take on immense amounts of upper level work from the CEO who would frequently miss meetings, sleep in, and not show up for work, even occasionally missing client meetings. So this was his, okay. One day our departmental team gathered for an internal meeting to present a quarterly plan to the CEO. One of the planning documents we presented with very little guidance did not meet the CEO's expectations. As a result, the CEO began to scream and argue with my supervisor for 
berating her in front of the entire department until she began to cry. Oh my God. It was an uncomfortable room to be trapped in and the entire team looked both embarrassed and shocked. This type of behavior from the boss wasn't unusual, but it never had been so aggressive before. We typically feared making any mistakes because his temper was the well-known reality of working there. After the outburst, we all disappeared to our respective desks and avoided the CEO and supervisor for the rest of the day. Just before 5 p.m., the CEO came into my office. He thanked me for being such a great employee and then handed me a crisp $20 bill (laughs) (laughs) as a token of appreciation for my loyalty and hard work. Oh, my God. God. He then winked, yes, really, before exiting my office. The next morning, word spread throughout my department that the CEO had presented everyone who'd witnessed the outburst with the same $20 gift. (laughs) Apparently, he thought he could bribe us into forgetting about the encounter. This wasn't the only instance of unprofessional conduct that I witnessed there, but it was certainly a factor in my decision to begin looking for jobs elsewhere and fast. Oh my God. That's, That's about as good as the prior one. I'm glad that our horror stories are getting better and better. People they're, must be uh, getting, getting motivated. They're getting more horrific. So it's like it's like grandpa that like lived through the depression and thinks a crisp twenty dollar bill is like really a big deal. I know. So the supervisor and the CEO are married, and he yelled at her in front of the team. Is, is that? Am I right? It looks like okay. my supervisor happened to be the CEO's wife right? Yeah, it has to be, right? Then the CEO began to scream and argue with this person's supervisor. So it was not only an inappropriate situation to begin with, but they're witnessing a like married couple fighting and they work for them. I mean, I got to say in paragraph one, my red flag went up like, oh, this is like a coke addict, like a coke addict enabler. Like, because the missing meetings and the sleeping in and like, it's, it's a reeks of benders and. Right. And, and then the woman covering is his wife? Yeah, she's covering for him. That's why he had probably had her working for him. Because who else would cover? 100%. The only way that you do that is if it's like a girlfriend or a wife or a, oh or some, some kind of enabler. Abuse. I, I mean, well, holy and so crap. then So then it makes you think like, was he screaming because he was like still coming you know still a little bit baked yeah or, or ski- half baked or skiing or whatever he was doing you know like i don't know the whole thing to me sounds like substance abuse i could be wrong but yeah. it sounds pretty awful and then and then the winking the winking like i got you here twenty dollars don't mention it that's what i think i don't think it was like sexual i think it no was... no but it's like thanks for being such a good employee right like twenty dollars oh my god you, to keep you quiet like what twenty bucks <laughs> Chris, twenty dollar. I mean, I mean, maybe this person, you know, maybe this this happened in you know, nineteen sixty four. I don't know, but I doubt it. Wow. So okay. So what do you do in this situation where <laughs> it's not only your supervisor getting screamed at, it's not only this complete and crazy outburst, but that they're married. Never mind the fact that the CEO like misses meetings and calls and comes in late all the time. I mean, if it's the CEO, who do you complain to? You don't, and that's why what this person did, get a new job. Yeah, I think that's the only option at this point. I mean, that's way too dysfunctional. Yeah, and most people don't have the like wherewithal for, they don't have the time, the mental energy, the emotional energy to try to sue. 
I don't know on what grounds, but you might be able to if you felt like it was. Yeah, the problem is when you're suing for harassment or things, there's very legal terms and, and, and legal routes. And if you don't meet that criteria, just because your boss was a jerk or late, you can't, you can't sue somebody for that. So I don't know if there's a grounds for a lawsuit. So I really think in this case, getting the new job was the only answer. And I feel bad for his wife. Oh my God. Hopefully she divorced him and took all his money or his company. <laughs> okay. So Halloween horror story number five, the final horror story of the day. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> I once had a boss who had a very pretty young assistant. She didn't seem to like him very much. At least it seemed that way from where I stood. But for some reason, this didn't bother him. This was especially notable because everyone knew you had to pretend to like this boss and play along with him, and is sometimes funny joking, or you'd quickly end up on his shit list or fired. I sat across from her office, and occasionally, although he mostly called people into his office, he would visit hers without warning. One day, he went into her office and shut the door behind him. Oof. Oh, God, I thought. That lower. Sorry, go ahead. What now? Is he going to scream at her? I should point out here, before I go on, that the office doors at this company were secure enough to prevent you from hearing the details of any conversation, but not so secure that you couldn't hear voices or people talking. On this occasion, what was especially odd was that after he went into her office and closed the door, I couldn't hear anything except for the occasional sound of rustling and people moving around. Could it be? No, it couldn't possibly be that. Could it? What el Wait, what else could it be? Whispering? Oh Why would they be whispering behind closed doors? He came out of the office finally, but disheveled, with his hair out of place and his shirt a little rumpled. I still couldn't imagine that what I had seen was what I had seen, much like you might talk yourself out of seeing a ghost if you saw one. Your eyes must have deceived you, right? Like, there's no way you actually saw that. But the scariest part of the story comes next. I made the mistake of telling someone else in the office I was friends with that I thought I had seen what I had seen. Oh, God. Mostly because I couldn't believe my eyes, and I was sort of hoping someone would tell me I was wrong. This person must have told another person who told another person and so on until it reached HR. Well, the HR woman came to talk to me at this point. Almost immediately after that, I was fast-tracked into the, quote, find a cause to fire her ASAP pile. <laughs> the degree to which they started documenting my work and alleged flaws at this point was truly comical. And it all came out of seemingly nowhere. It was almost entirely baseless and fictitious. But we all knew why. It was because I had witnessed something so horrific that I couldn't keep my big mouth shut. <laughs> I wonder, well, the first thing I'm thinking is, I think in this day and age, so I don't know how long ago this happened to this person, but I think in this day and age, that could be construed as sexual harassment, possibly. And so if you got clearly like railroaded out of there, you could definitely, or I think, again, there's always these rules and regulations about really what is suable but i think the person right. probably could have filed a lawsuit because you were made to feel so uncomfortable there's some clearly like some sexual liaison going on in the office and then as soon as it became clear that you knew 
that you got railroaded and fired or, you know, forced to leave or scared out, scared straight or whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. Again, I don't know if people have the stomach to like sue companies like that, but I feel like some lawyers would probably be interested in that as a case. That's crazy. (laughs) So we don't know. So we don't know what, you know, happened. It sounds like this person got shown the door fairly quickly. I mean, boss and the assistant get married or I don't know. Right. I mean, it's a good question. I mean, I think, well, first of all, the hope is that the assistant actually did like him despite appearances, right? Because it sounded like this person thought that the assistant didn't really like him, which is the hope is that the assistant did like him and was just pretending not to like him for the sake of the relationship going on. But the, do you know what I'm saying? It's like, that's where it starts to get really upsetting. And then your hope also is that this person saw the writing on the wall was smart enough and found a new gig before there was actually, you know. Yeah, no, the more, the more I'm hearing this, the more I believe that it is a suable offense. Wow. So that is, it really, I mean, (laughs) for two, two reasons. Don't you say, first of all, it must've made the employee who witnessed this really uncomfortable. I think that alone in this day and age might be a suable offense. So of course, again, we're talking about the CEO, right? Yeah, or whatever, the head of the, what did, what did it say? A boss, but was he the CEO? Oh, he, if, so if it wasn't his company, a senior person is not supposed to be having a relationship with his direct report, particularly not like literally in the office. So he would have gotten fired at, at the least. Well, if it's somebody that has an assistant, they're high enough level that right. they're not just like a senior management. I mean, that, that means they're at least an executive. Right. right. So I, I definitely think like if it happened now, instead of the company trying to get rid of that person, the company would probably have fired him <laughs> for fear of, right, getting... Right. So then it makes you think that probably that person did own the company. Yeah. Right. Because then what do you do? It, 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 that, and that was the case, then you would have to like I said, get a lawyer. But I mean, wow, crazy days in PR. <laughs> Did it say, was it an agency or a company? Did it say? I don't think it said. I the just company. remember oh, company. It just says the company. Wow. Yeah, this stuff still happens though, even though the Me Too movement and so many people have gotten fired and it's, you're really not allowed to have a relationship with a junior person you know, who works directly for you, et cetera, et cetera. So I think it's probably lessened but it still has to happen i mean how could it not we're just talking about human beings right right but i think actually laura your your advice is good and the other cases we've mostly just said run away or i guess in some cases boundary setting is something you could consider instead of leaving right so you just as much it sounds like this person got like effectively fired or forced to leave right so in this case i think your advice though of seeking actually looking for a legal counsel because i just don't think you think about I just don't think you think about that when you're that young. I don't think that's a... No, you're just afraid. You're afraid and you're horrified. Most people are not wanting to or willing to bring forth a lawsuit. It takes a lot of effort and, you know, maybe money, although I think a lot of lawyers take these things on contingency because it's not like if you're this young employee who was in this situation, it's not like you magically have tens of thousands of dollars to pay a lawyer. But 
if a lawyer sees that they think that you're pretty likely to win, they'll take it on contingency and then they'll take, you know, 35 or 40% of whatever winnings you get. You know, you go, you get a job, you need money, you want to have a career, you want to learn something, you want to, you know, do fun stuff, you want, whatever it is. And then you have to put up with this nonsense. This is not why you went to college and got a degree and learned how to do stuff and got a job so that you had to like no. duck and dodge around crazy people in a work environment. <laughs> but it happens so much. Like a war zone. Yeah. And you don't have any training in that. I mean, that's, it's funny. Like I, I sort of wish that in school we would teach people boundary setting and what's appropriate and what, you know, what how to do, you, do and how to manage up and what to do in these situations. I mean, mm -hmm. that would, because this is the real world and this, I don't think it's, I don't, we, we've talked about this before. I don't think PR has a lock on this. No. We're not, we don't have a special, you know, crazy badge. This just happens in lots of places. So it would be actually really interesting if, if universities would introduce a class that was a requirement, just boundary setting and how to not yeah. be taken advantage of. Because the other reality is that if you set boundaries with the other people and you say, listen, if you and your husband get in another fight in front of us, I'm going to walk out mm -hmm. because I don't want to be a part of it. I mean, that's, that's the kind of thing you can do, but you also then have to prepare that you're going to have the same thing happen mm -hmm. where it's like, you're going to be shown the door and they're going to start chronicling every single little thing you do. And, you know, oh, you didn't do this thing three months ago we told you to do. And suddenly it matters, even though nobody followed up with you about it. And, you know, there's like this long list of, of bad behavior that you did, you know, that suddenly come right. to light, you know. So anytime, we've sort of talked about this before, anytime a company wants to get rid of an employee, especially at like a bigger company, that's when like the railroading starts. And just like you said, of like the little unimportant things that they start pointing fingers at and be like, oh my God, you're such a bad employee because you, you know, forgot to dot the I, you know, in the sentence, like nonsense. So they'll just find anything because even though in theory, like New York and other states are at will states and you should just be able to hire and fire people at will, companies don't do that. They follow the whole HR procedures and protocols to cover their asses so that they don't get sued, right? But it's so transparent and ridiculous. It's almost more harassment. So kids, anytime that somebody starts documenting your behavior, yeah. you might want to- You're on wanna, your way out. Well, you're, A, you're on your way out, so look for a or job. They want you on your way out, yeah. But B, you also might want to think about whether you have a lawsuit. Mm -hmm. Because again, if you were such a bad employee, wouldn't they want you out right away? Why would they risk their business and their clients or whomever by keeping you around for weeks and months? They would just be like, oh my God, you're a terrible employee. You have to go. Right. <laughs> oh boy. Well, that was a good one. So on top of that, Laura, do you know yes. what else we have? Do you know what else we have in store? What? We have the scariest news stories we've seen in the last week oh my god in okay. terms of the media and publicity are you ready for a good scare yes so for scary news story number one new yorker suspends jeffrey tubin for masturbating on a zoom call did you hear about this well i did and at first when i read about it at least what i had read initially was that he like exposed himself on a Zoom call? And I thought it was one of those like, oh my God, you're at home, you take the call and you forget and you stand up, you know, and 
when your pants are off. Right, 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 exactly. <laughs> like, you know, because who knows right now, well, you did see my horrible pants, but you know, nobody knows what I'm wearing right now, right? <laughs> so yeah, so I thought it was just like one of those, did you see that one like months ago where the girl takes her phone into the bathroom, like on a Zoom call, totally forgets it, like pees, like with the phone there and everybody's like, no. oh my God, yeah. And I mean, she totally wasn't trying to like, she just totally forgot and zoned out because, you know, you bring your phone into the bathroom, whatever, but she forgot she was like on a call. So I thought it was one of those horrible things. Then when I realized I, that he was, you know. Cranking it? Doing the jerk. I was like, what? <laughs> In front of work? I don't even, I, I still don't understand. Like how? No. So he was on, to make it even funnier, he was on an election simulation call with the New Yorker's biggest stars where they were preparing for election coverage. And then there was a juncture in the election simulation where there was a strategy session. And then the Democrats and Republicans went in their respective breakout rooms for about 10 minutes. And then at that point, they said it seemed like Tubin was on a second video call. And the sources said that when the groups returned from their breakout, he lowered the camera and they could, the people on the camera could see that he was touching his penis. And then he left the call, and the moments later he reappeared, seemingly completely unaware that his colleagues had seen that he was cranking it. And then the simulation continued. So well, my, he's suspended now, right? Yeah. I mean, my only thought of how that can happen is that he opened porn or uh, some kind of a, you know, he was doing the virtual sexting or some kind of thing in another window, not realizing he left Zoom on. And then he must have lowered his camera on purpose to show camera two Somebody. what was happening. So it makes you think he was on a kind of a sex video scenario. Oh, God. I don't even know. I See, I think that this is maybe one of the downsides of working from home. Because <laughs> he wouldn't have been able to do it's this so, if he was so polite of you. Right? I mean, God, I hope not. I'll leave, I'll leave you with this on the, the Tubin situation. I guess he had too much time on his hands. <laughs> Did you know that they started a hashtag on Twitter that was me Tubin? <laughs> That's awesome. That's the best thing that came out of it. Oh my God. Holy moly. <clears throat> oh, people. Oh, people. <laughs> So, Laura, do you want to do the honors of scary news story number two? I like to call these the dueling Giuliani stories. <laughs> Rudy so Giuliani gives alleged Hunter Biden hard drive to Delaware authorities. So how might this impact the public perception for the Biden and Trump, you know, contest before the election? Contest. <laughs> okay, so wait, I think we should talk about scary story number three and right then, now too because because okay. <laughs> i think they're firing shots over the right the castle wall so you say what the <laughs> scary story number three was the castle wall scary news story number three giuliani was caught with quote borat's daughter with his hands down his pants and this came out a day or two after scariest news story number two about Giuliani giving the Hunter Biden hard drive to Delaware authorities. So, so we pair them together. We have day number one, Giuliani announces that 
Um, they've confiscated Hunter Biden's hard drive, given the co- a copy to the Delaware authorities, now in the hands of the FBI. They're hinting that there's something on there that's maybe related to children or pedophilia pornography or, or pornography, yeah. child pornography. Or, I mean, it, you, you don't know what it is, but the hinting feels well, like they're moving in the direction of like... Giuliani told the police officials that the hard drive had evidence of crimes and police yeah. turned it over to the FBI. Except we're talking about Hunter Biden, not Joe Biden. Yes, his son. Well, the son that's kind of a hot mess. Okay, so story number two happened on the heels after. of story after this. So Giuliani claimed that a Borat honey trap was a hit job to distract voters from the Hunter Biden laptop scandal, which quite frankly, sounds very probable. After Sasha Baron Cohen tricked him into going into a hotel room with this actress and filmed him, and then it appears at the end of it, he's reclining on the bed and putting his hand down his pants after- In the photograph that was like all over the place, yeah. Yeah, now he claims that he was tucking in his shirt, which, how do you prove otherwise? I don't know, why are you reclining on a bed? With a girl who was supposed to be like a teenager who was supposed to be Borat's daughter. Now she's not, she's an actress, but she didn't didn't know it. And then Borat apparently screamed as part of this whole stunt, like she's 15, she's too old for you. (laughs) So the incident occurred in July. Giuliani had talked about with the New York Post telling page six that he had called the cops on the strange man. So apparently this, actually was sort of saved back i mean this all of this has to be in in the wings for a while right where they're all waiting for the last hurrah the last two weeks and they always have some october surprise that they hold for the last minute to the change voter well again giuliani is not trump either no no so you're i mean so it's a funny thing it's like apples to as apples right but it's also like bananas (laughs) to bananas because it's it's not it's neither of the candidates it's neither of the candidates it's, right yeah but it's somebody related to both of the candidates in one case you know Son. an actual relative in the other case right a colleague or a work associate i i think it's great political theater to be honest yeah i mean that's and- what it is <laughs> and that's where we're at and sasha baron baron cohen is so anti-trump that, I mean, it's just funny to me that I don't, I, I mean, I wonder if the Biden campaign even knew that he was planning to release this, but I don't know if you also saw Sasha Baron Cohen responded to criticism from Donald Trump's reaction to this. No. Yeah. So he responded to criticism from President Trump on Saturday. What? So Sasha Baron Cohen tweeted at Donald Trump. Donald, I appreciate the free publicity for Borat. I admit, I don't find you funny either, wrote Cohen on Twitter, but yet the whole world laughs at you. I'm always looking for people to play racist buffoons and you'll need a job after January 20th. So let's talk. So I think that Sasha Baron Cohen has like taken, he's not an American either, remember, he's British. I, like I said, I don't know if the Biden campaign knows that he was going to do this. I mean, it's obviously also getting him great publicity for himself around the world because how many people hate Donald Trump globally, you know, a lot. 
So he's getting something out of it too, coincidentally or not so coincidentally, right before his new movie film, Women of Free is coming out. I haven't seen movie it. I think film. <laughs> but he's um, a serious, I think he's a very dangerous man to people who he does not agree with. I think he's wielding a lot of power because he has no fear, man. He'll do anything and go anywhere. And so he's the only one, I also think Ricky Gervais, at least in, in a war of words, who could really beat Trump at his own game. Or at least it would be a, it would, be, it would actually be a show. A contest, yes. It would actually be a, he'd be a, he's a contender. <laughs> right. Where Joe Biden can't, he, he's just like a regular old guy. He can't fight Donald Trump. I mean, please. You're going to love that Ben Shapiro called him a speed bump of a person. <laughs> called Joe Biden a speed after bump the, of a person. After the first debate. <laughs> that, that's pretty funny. The other thing with Biden is he is, he, whoever he hired to do his ads, both on TV, which are all over the place because he's got, you know, millions and millions of dollars, and also like sponsored videos on YouTube and stuff. They're so good. I don't know who his agency is. Oh my God, I'm not a sentimental person, or at least I don't admit it. I'm like, like these unbelievable touching videos of where they've captured him, you know, talking to like disabled people and, and the father of one of the, the girls who was killed in Parkland in Florida. And I mean, it, unbelievable. And I feel like it's not rehearsed or it wasn't staged because these things happened years ago. Hmm. before he was the nominee. So they're finding all these clips from all the video footage and they're bringing it out to show what a, you know, whatever, sensitive, caring man he is. And then, you know, he's now also talking about how he'll work for everybody even if, he, if you don't vote for him. So I'm just saying that his ad agency is top-notch Biden's. Right. But so it is this hilarious... Thing. And I don't really know if it's PR as much as it's, um, I mean, of course it is, but as much as it is just like old fashioned, take each other out of the knees sort of campaign right. stuff. Neither of these people are the people who are running. So it right. doesn't really matter. It doesn't it's really just matter. trying to change. So here's the PR. It's trying to change public perception. Yeah. Oh my God, that guy's terrible. Oh really? What about this guy? Oh yeah, he's terrible too. Well, guess what? They canceled each other out. But, um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I think, I think it's pretty amazing. So are there any lessons that we can learn as PR practitioners? Obviously, we're, most of us are not doing political PR. Okay, but I have. I mean, I sort of have. So is there, if you're a normal person that doesn't do PR for the election for one yeah. of the candidates. Right. So what does it say about the news media? I mean, really a lot of this stuff is social media. It doesn't really, I don't know if it's the news media so much. And of course, there's going to be people who write about this stuff in the gossip columns and, and things like that. But unless you're in celebrity, let's call it PR, I just don't think you'd right. ever. And even then, you really have to have a strong stomach to be part of a, to hatch a part of a like PR plan that is like that. Well, I think you've raised an interesting point in saying that, though, and that in my mind, whenever people say, what kind of PR do you do? I say everything but celebrity and politics. <laughs> but honestly, they're kind of this two sides of the same coin. Yeah. Because the techniques are very similar. Yeah. I mean, I've done some publicity behind the scenes 
and it was for it was doing stuff that I didn't wouldn't have personally agreed with morally or whatever but I objected to even get involved and then it was explained to me that I was basically serving as a speech writer or a letter writer or a script writer this didn't mean that I actually believed it or that I actually thought it and so I, I've done it and it wasn't harmful you know what I mean if it was something that was harmful like to people I would never have but it just wasn't my point of view on something but I knew how to write it or set it up in a funny way like I saw the comedy in it like we've been talking mm -hmm. about like this Borat thing whatever and right. it, it, came, it comes pretty easily to me to do that kind of thing so I have done it in the name of comedy or good writing and so when it was explained to me like it's like you're writing a speech for somebody like that doesn't mean that it's you and I was like oh okay and I've been able to do it a little, dabble a little bit in, with that mindset. So there you go. There's the. Yeah, that's actually, that's a really good tip because every once in a while you, you are going to have a client that has a leaning that you don't agree with, whether it's related to politics or religion or, or something that you just don't personally think is, it's not a view you hold. And I think it's very important as a practitioner to not let that, unless it's really ethically Right, unless it's damaging or violent or, you know, you're preying on people who can't defend themselves or something like that. That's, then, then I think, you, then, then you, you have the no. right to say no and refuse to work on something. Or if you saw somebody was, you know, plagiarizing or whatever. But if it's just, you know, something that's being absurd or sarcastic or something like that, and it's not nice necessarily, but as long as you're not really harming somebody. Yeah, agreed. And everybody has a right to their opinion, assuming that the opinion is not harmful. Yeah. So I think, I mean, I've definitely had clients where I don't agree with their opinion, but I think it deserves to be voiced. And I think mm -hmm. everyone deserves to have a court of public opinion be mm -hmm. filled by all kinds of different ideas. And, and so I think it's important to take that viewpoint and say, well, I want to help this person get their point of view out, even if it doesn't agree with mine. Right. So, I mean, if you're working for a politician, you usually want to be on the same side because that's what you got to do that all day would every be, day. That would be really, really hard. Yeah, if that you're a rab Republican and you're going to work for uh, Bernie Sanders, you're going to have a hard day at the office every day. <laughs> yeah. But if right. you are, you know, working in the celebrity world, again, unless the person is like seriously a dangerous person, in, in that regard, I mean, really, so much of that stuff is just to get publicity. It really is. Like anything, especially if somebody's like known, so that anything that they like touch or say or whatever, like kind of ignites. It's crazy how easy that stuff can fly. Well, the same goes for if you have an executive who's a thought leader in, this, in, in the space or somebody who's otherwise an entrepreneur or author right. or something like that and something that's philosophical in nature. Right. They still have a right to be heard, I think. Right, or if they're old-fashioned values in your modern day, I mean, whatever. Right, I think that's It's hard, right. though. It's hard. You know, you got to think about it. You really got to think about how important is it. And maybe maybe some of the things that you and I are, talk, are talking about are really important to some people and that they can't do it. And you know what? Then don't do it. If it's more a matter of you being empathetic and trying to imagine how that person came to that point of view, that's one thing. Mm -hmm. But if it really confronts something that you think you don't want to play a, a role in perpetuating, I think then you have to draw a line. Yeah. 
Thank you so much for tuning in for the PR Wind Down podcast on Halloween. It's been a scream. It has. <laughs> and thank you to our anonymous listeners for sharing their scary Halloween PR nightmare stories this week. <laughs> Please remember to like, rate, and share our podcast with the guys and ghouls in your life. <laughs> We'd love to hear from you at the email address in our show notes if you're feeling inspired to share a horror story of your own after hearing all of these. I don't know if you can beat this this week, man. But as please always, try. Please try. <laughs> and as always, we can't wait to wind down with you again next week. Happy Halloween!